0: Welcome to the Rich Feet Podcast with Dr. Tanisha Richmond. This podcast is sponsored by the Richmond Foot and Ankle Clinic, where they specialize in happy feet. Each episode
1: highlights the best of Dr. Richmond's radio show, providing bite sized clips of advice. Let's jump
0: right into the show.
1: FM 102.3. It is a beautiful Saturday. We are excited to be here with Dr. Tanisha Richmond right here in color in the studio with us.
0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon.
1: And how are you, Dr. Tanisha Richmond?
0: I am blessed and highly favored, breathing on my own, and nobody in my family's gotten sick, and I'm doing well, and I'm just blessed, happy to be alive.
1: You know, you've got this spark about you this morning.
0: What is it? Can you share that with us? Um... Just happy to be alive, really just happy that, you know, what are we a year and and a half into this pandemic? My business has never closed. I haven't lost any family members, close family or anything. You know, it my practice is doing well. I, I really don't have any complaints. Well, I wanted to go home a couple of weeks ago my family told me I couldn't come to Louisiana. They but
1: said absolutely
0: not. Huh? No. <laughs> but my father is a more, well, he my, he runs his own funeral home, so I, I listen to him. <laughs> and my mother's a nurse. Actually, they have a c- couple funerals today for COVID people. So, you know, that's the only sad part. Yeah. I can't go certainly. home. And we have a hurricane coming, yeah. that too. But they may be coming to me, so we'll see. Oh.
1: Crossed, right, so well, you know, they're only looking out for your best interests. And of course, there's a lot to be said with the times that we are living in right now. And those that we know and love that have experienced COVID, they've survived. And unfortunately, there have been a few that haven't. Yeah. We're grateful for those that have fought through it and have made their way back to health and recovery. Yes. And we are, our thoughts and prayers are with the families that have lost loved ones, and certainly those that have survived it, we are encouraged by your
0: strength. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, this is, they said this will switch eventually to an endemic. It, It will no longer be a pandemic. It will be part of our lives, just like the flu shot. So I'll just be glad when we get to that point where we got our routines down and procedures and, you know, it starts to calm down and become just, you know, our new normal.
1: And what's the new normal for you, Dr. Richmond, in your offices these days? And we want to remind everybody that you are inside of the Dr. Charles R. Drew Health Center, which is, of course, just down the street from the WDAO studios. And uh, share with us your address, phone number, website, email address, in case we have some individuals that may
0: want to... My phone number is 937-228-3668. Website is richfeet.org. Email, if you need to email me, is richfeet1 at gmail.com. And if you're an existing patient, you can schedule online through the website at richfeet.org. I think it's schedule an appointment or request an appointment tab. As far as the practice right now... We are wearing masks. Actually, we're giving out masks to patients right now. So we have mask available, paper, if you do not have a mask. And then also we have masks available with my logo on them for patients if you do not have a mask. So something new that we just started with my practice is we just uh, restarted the diabetic shoe program in my practice. So pretty much all patients can get one pair of shoes a year with two pairs of inserts. So patients always ask, what is a diabetic shoe? So a diabetic shoe is a shoe that's approved through Medicare that protects the diabetic foot. So diabetic shoes are wider, they're deeper, they have no seams on the inside, they have a thicker sole, so, if you were to step on a nail or tack, it wouldn't pierce the skin. So, most insurances pay for one pair a year. To get a diabetic shoe, you have to be actively being treated by a primary care physician for diabetes. You have to be seen by a podiatrist for a diabetic foot exam or podorthes. And in our office now, when diabetics come in we gone ahead and let you pick out your shoes. We currently have shoes in the lobby that you can look at. We have catalogs available that you can look at and the medical assistants will measure your feet, get your shoe size, and then I do the diabetic footage, documenting reasons why you can get uh, diabetic shoes. So the main reasons are foot deformity. So if you have hammer toes, bunions any kind of lumps and bumps on your feet that were rubbing your shoes those are called foot deformities if you have calluses on your, it's a reason if you have neuropathy which is numbness tingling burning in your feet that's a reason if you've been told you have pad or pvd which is poor blood flow that is also a reason if your feet are turning colors If you, if you feel on the bottom of your foot and it feels like you don't have any more padding, like if you rub across your ball of your foot and you don't feel, you can feel bone, that's what's called a loss of your fat pad. So that's called fat pad atrophy. That's another reason. So there's multiple reasons why you may qualify for diabetic shoes. But if you have any questions about that, the best thing to do is to come call the office at 937-228-3668 and schedule an appointment so you can be of value. We can look at your insurances and let you know if you qualify for one pair a year for shoes. Another thing I've been seeing a lot of in the office lately has been diabetic ulcers. So a diabetic ulcer can start as a blister. So say you're diabetic... You go to the mall or you go to Walmart or somewhere and you walk a lot and you get blisters on your feet. Those blisters can turn into ulcers. So an ulcer is a break in the skin. And usually they're circular. Usually they're pressure they're on pressure points on the bottom of your feet. So usually they're on your met under your med heads or your the sole of your foot. But wherever you have chronic pressure, that's where you can get an ulcer. And then also if you have calluses. So if you get calluses real bad as a diabetic and you let them get too thick, the callus can break down the skin underneath. And actually this week I had a patient with rheumatoid arthritis and his feet were severely deformed. He had a callus that was probably about... mm, half an inch thick on the bottom of his foot. And he had an ulcer underneath that callus, which was unusual, but because the callus had gotten so thick, he had missed a couple appointments. And once I debrided the callus down, there was an ulcer underneath. So yeah, so in a diabetic, any kind of holes, breaks in your skin, that's an issue. And you need to be seen by your primary care physician or your podiatrist as soon as possible. Cause as in a diabetic, any kind of breaks in the skin can, is an increased chance for infection. Because in a diabetic, if your sugars are high, the part of your body that fights infection doesn't work as well. And then also if your sugars are high, your blood vessels may not bring the blood down to your foot as well either. So that doesn't bring in the cells that can heal the wound, the blood, Everything that can help heal the wound may be decreased because of your diabetes. So I see patients all the time where, like, their dog scratched them, their cat scratched them, they scratched themselves, they hit their wheelchair, and I see a halo of redness and warmth around the wound. So I know immediately that wound is infected. They need to go on antibiotics. They need to get wound care. They need wound supplies. You know, I need to see them back in a week and monitor them to make sure they don't get severely infected. And the another thing I saw this week actually was from one of my neighbors. I was walking my chihuahua, Ernie, <laughs> And he went up to my neighbor. She likes to sit in my driveway and watch the cars go by. And I looked down and Ernie was licking her leg. She had venous stasis ulcers. And I told Ernie to stop licking the leg. And she didn't think nothing of it. And that's another problem. If you have an open wound, wounds have to be covered. Air is not good for wounds because... You have to think about everything that lives in our air. We have bacteria floating around, viruses floating around. So you want to keep that wound covered and cleaned. I always tell patients to clean their wound, pump soap or any kind of soap that comes out of a container. Just get a fresh rag or if you have gauze and clean it with a fresh rag or towel and then discard, you know, wash it for later for... You want to wash that wound individually because the body has bacteria that automatically lives on the skin, but it's not supposed to go into the wound. And then we carry bacteria when we're just out and about and things like that. And then also when you take a bath or a shower, you got to remember all the bacteria and fluid when you wash yourself goes to the bottom, so it's gonna come down over that wound. So you wanna clean it again separately so that wound doesn't get infected. And then and the signs of infection are redness, pus, drainage, pain, systemic signs of infection is nausea, vomiting, fever, diarrhea, or chills. So if you experience any of that, and especially if your leg is red, hot, or swollen, or if you see streaking, so if you streak lines of redness going up your leg, that could be a sign of going what's called septic, which means the blood, the infection has gone into your blood. And that is a medical emergency. You need to get to me, care, or ER to get on antibiotics. So... Nausea, vomiting, fever, diarrhea, or chills is not normal. And another thing is if you go on antibiotics and you start to develop diarrhea, that is not normal either. So that means that the the antibiotic may have affected your natural gut flora. So in our gut, we have natural bacteria that lives there. When we go on antibiotics, it throws off the balance of our gut. And sometimes bad bacteria can take over and that's something called c diff which is a bad bacteria so if you do start taking an antibiotic and you start to develop diarrhea you need to stop call your doctor and let them know that you're getting diarrhea from your antibiotics
1: so you know how people say with antibiotics you know that always cures everything is it a point to where we should just? allow our bodies to go through
0: the process? Depends. It depends on the infection, the level of infection. I know I have a lot of wound patients. They'll come in with no signs of infection wanting antibiotics. So the thing about taking too many antibiotics is we create superbugs, which is like MRSA, VRE. So these are bacteria that cannot be killed. I just read an article. There is a strain I think was found in, like in Cincinnati recently. It was a fungus that they couldn't kill it. And that happens because we keep giving antibiotics over and over and over again. So the virus keeps mutating and it keeps bringing up variants. Same thing happens with bacteria. So what happens is, so say you have a petri dish of 50 million bacteria, and you give it an antibiotic. Say a thousand survive, but they are now resistant to that antibiotic. So when that thousand goes to another life cycle, they're going to pass their resistance on to the next generation. So what happens is, and they pass it on very well. They just pass it on as they replicate then the next generation is not resistant to that antibiotic. So then if you give them antibiotics again, then you'll kill a few more. And then the the ones that are left are resistant. And it goes on and on and on to eventually when you can, you'll give the bacteria an antibiotic and they're totally resistant. Is that a
1: time, Dr. Richmond, when the antibiotic
0: just stops working? Yes. No effectiveness? No, No, nothing. So that's when they start. Moving. So, this is something where we can do what's called a culture and sensitivity, which I do for most wound patients, most like weird rashes or a lot of interdigital athletes' foot. I like the culture to see because we want to see what's living there and we want to see what will kill it. So, lots of times we'll start you on a global antibiotic that pretty much kills most things and then what are we'll, some of
1: those antibiotics
0: like we do like I like a, a lot of Bactrim augmentin, cephalexin but I'm mostly Bactrim because Bactrim kills MRSA which is a the big boy of bacteria and MRSA is everywhere so MRSA because people always say well I went to the hospital had MRSA you probably already had it <laughs> but <laughs> but you're kind of dunked When you go into a hospital setting, you are dunked into everything because you're in a a facility that's full of infected people. So should we wear our masks? And I know it's
1: required, but as we enter a hospital,
0: well, you have all
1: parts of it. I mean, even on the elevators, you should. I mean,
0: you have to think about it. You're going and especially if you're going anywhere near the COVID ward, you're walking into you're going to war. I mean, it's everywhere. Everything you touch. So everything. you can
1: inhale
0: yeah. uh-huh. things and touch things. Well, you, you right. have to think you're going to a confined area of sick people. <laughs> you're walking into a facility that houses sick people. So there's all kind of bacteria, fungus, yeast, everything is in one place, and you're walking into it. So you want to be protected. But now, pretty much all hospitals, all clinics, all f- healthcare facilities require masks. I think all nursing homes. I equate. I talk when I talk to the patients about the vaccine. I said, "Do you want to go to war by yourself, or do you want to go to war with an army?" Mm. And that's what the vaccine is. And I, I told the patient, I's like I said, it's like you sitting at a bar, and you see your crazy cousin. <laughs> that's all in purple and you know that's your crazy cousin but cousin with purple and polka dot walks in but you don't know he's bad but you know this cousin's bad well that's the variant the cousin with the purple with a little polka dot mm. but if you're vaccinated you got an army that recognizes mm. all of that and they're like oh none. That neither one of them are good <laughs> we gonna take them out but if you're not vaccinated it's just you against that virus mm-hmm. so that's why I equate the vaccine to it's a it's building an army in your immune system so when that vaccine when that virus shows up your immune system is ready it's like oh let me call my posse we ready <laughs> and then when the variant comes they're like you look familiar we are gonna take you out too
1: <laughs> yeah. we've got a caller that does not want to go on the air but it's listening and saying dr richmond you are coming through very loud and very clear but i do have a couple of questions about covid particularly the vaccine what are your thoughts on it and the latest developments of the approved pfizer it seems like from fda
0: the booster oh i've had it I had the booster already. I've taken all three shots because I'm. Hey, what was that
1: experience like?
0: My arm just hurt for a couple of days. I mean, my attitude towards all these vaccines is pretty much the same as, you know, people seem to forget they've been taking vaccines their entire life. We've been taking vaccines since this we were born. New? No, it's um, not new. And people also don't comprehend that this was a worldwide pandemic. So you have to understand that when this hit, the governments gave these companies blank checks to get this vaccine to market. So it wasn't like the companies had to struggle for supplies, for workers, for time, for money. They were able to work 24 seven, 365 days to get these vaccines to market. They had unlimited money. So that's why they were able to get it to market so quickly. And then you have to understand that the polio vaccines and all these other vaccines didn't have the technology that existed now, like with the messenger RNA vaccines and things like that. That didn't exist probably 10 years ago. I think that came about during Ebola and uh, SARS and MERS, but it wasn't a pandemic. So. Like I read articles where they put those, that technology to the side because Ebola only really affected Africa and a few countries. It came here and we cured it. I think, well, we had two, three cases. So, but then when the pandemic hit, it was worldwide. So people are, you know, going to Pfizer and giving them $3 billion. Fix it. So they were Yeah, they were like, "Okay, well, what do you need?" Well, I need 3 billion dollars. It'll be in your account tomorrow. <laughs> Get, it Get it done. So that's why it's moved so fast because it's a pandemic. It's not just United States or Mexico or China. It's the entire world attacking one force together, which we've never done in the history of the world. Is we, you know, we came together as a world to say, okay, we're going to fight this. And you know, there's side effects with every drug. Every drug you take has a side effect, but the side effect of not taking this drug is death.
1: I wants you to elaborate on the third shot or the booster. It, can you take that with any of the three shots? I guess no.
0: The they want you to take the same one. So I took Moderna. So my third booster was Moderna, but I think right—I don't know. I think right now only Moderna is approved. I don't think Pfizer has been approved yet for the booster or or Johnson Johnson yet. But I would suggest if you, because I think you could take it eight months after the first dose, which is starting next month for people who started in January.
1: Is there any talk for those who still have not had the shot yet to get one shot that has all three?
0: No, not yet. I mean, it's probably something coming down the pipeline, but not yet. Not that I know of.
1: Speaking of mask wearing, although it has not been mandated by the state of Ohio, what's your thoughts and encouragement to people you know and love and your patients about mask wear?
0: Start wearing masks again because people are getting sick even though they do have the vaccine. And some people have died that had the vaccine. So... Like I said, it's just like going to war. You have to have your arm, you know, your shield, your sword, whatever it takes to stay alive. And and it's sad because people still believe it's not real, it's fake, and you know. And unfortunately for me, I see the beginning and the end. So you know, I'm being I'm a physician, and then I call home. My brother's a mortician, and he was talking to me. You know, he's like I had to pick up three COVID bodies within 24 hours. And then so it's it's real, but a lot of people, because you can't physically see it, don't believe. But I mean, I, I just equate it to going to war. You want to go empty handed or you want to go protected. So I wear my mask and it actually it's kind of like now it's kind of like a pacifier a safety blank. You know, your security blank. You put your mask on. You, you feel,
1: just never go without it. Yeah. Yeah. are you,
0: or you find me. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel safer because you you don't know you you don't know the person that's talking to you you don't know the person who's walking past you you don't know and like I tell my patients you know don't talk to strangers but if you do wear a mask <laughs> that's the only prerequisite <laughs> yeah so I mean. It's, this is the new normal. People are, are keep saying it's my right. I said, well, it's your right to pick out a casket. It's your right to get your will together. <laughs> it's your right to get your final plans together. Because if you do not do this, that's what may happen. And my brother, he made a very snappy comment because he was talking to someone that was refusing to get vaccinated. He's like, well, I've never been in the hospital. He said, I've never been embalmed." I said, ooh, I like that. (laughs) But my brother's a mortician. (laughs) And then he said another thing. You can take their needle or you're going to get his. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but that's reality. But so many people have not. It's like they're living in an alternate dimension of just straight denial. This is not real. This is made up. No, it's real. You should just take a, see if you can go to the COVID ward and see what's going on.
1: What about those Dr. Richmond that are fully vaccinated and feel like they're free and they don't have to wear masks anymore, they don't have to cover up and they don't have to as you put it go to battle anymore?
0: Well, it's now they're finding out that you're not completely protected. So, you know, it's just another layer of protection. It's just like a cop they wear a bulletproof vest. You know, when you go to war, you see the soldiers. They're they're wearing bulletproof vests. They got on helmets. They got all this. They got eye protection. They have this. So it's like you know you can. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. This is a free country. But as you can see, our freedom is putting us. We're going backwards. You know, I'm from New Orleans. They just canceled the game. They going to Dallas. <laughs> the whole team is going to Dallas. They canceled the game for that and well, the uh, hurricane too. But I mean, you know, now you can't and you're going to lose your freedom because a lot of like New Orleans, you can't go to the club restaurant without proving you're vaccinated or recent tests. I think Chicago, L.A., the whole state of California. So eventually you're going to lose your freedom from just not taking a vaccine, Mm -hmm. which we've been taking our whole lives. We've been taking vaccines. And now I just got an email from my insurance. It's time for my flu shot. Oh so, I said, Oh well, it's I, that
1: season for shots. It's huh? time
0: for flu season <laughs> flu season starting up, so I gotta go get vaccinated from that. And then being in the healthcare setting, you know, I see thirty patients a day. So that's thirty chances to get exposed. Plus You know, I'm around my staff. They're around everyone. So, you know, you have to think realistically. It's like gambling or playing Russian roulette with a loaded gun. Maybe you might take out one bullet. (laughs) But everything you do, you're decreasing your chances. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to be remembered, oh, she was a great doctor, but she refused that shot. If she had only taken a shot. If she had only taken a shot. I mean, I just heard of a couple of, I think it was in Atlanta, husband and wife died, African American, saying they wouldn't take it because of Tuskegee. And I'm like, dude, there ain't no black or white vaccines. When they pull that vaccine, they're grabbing a vial, they're pulling multiple doses out of that vial. It's not, they're giving out millions of doses a day. You think they have time to. <laughs> to give out separate doses based on your race or religion. They're just trying to get us vaccinated.
1: People are in the realm of pro-choice and that some people have decided to take it and some have not. They want to know if you can elaborate on why you chose the particular vaccine you did and not the other, or was it an option or did it matter?
0: It didn't matter, because I took it in January. So I took it when they were giving it to healthcare. I just wanted whatever. that would keep me safe, you know, because I'm self-employed. So if I go down practice shuts down and I wasn't taking that risk and then I have other health issues, you know, I have diabetes, I have MS. So I was worried about, you know, I'm high risk. So I just, I took whatever. I didn't really have a preference.
1: Is there a different shot for those that where their systems are compromised for the third shot?
0: No, they're all the same. Actually, my neurologist pushed me to get the shot because like the medicine I take for my MS, it decreases my immune system to decrease the MS attacking me. So my immune system is weakened. So he wanted a booster so my immune system can go and make more antibodies. And that's why they wanted the immunocompromised to get the booster first, because our immune systems couldn't build up that army as fast or as rambunctious as a person with a normal immune system so that's why they allow people who take stuff like people who have canned people who take any drugs that affect their immune systems like some of the irritable bowel disease meds rheumatoid meds ms people maybe with hiv or things like that immune immune system problems so they wanted us to get the vaccine so we can help fight it off more effectively and then they realize after eight months that the your antibodies start to decrease so now they're going to allow the booster so you can fight the fight off the virus has it been stated how
1: long that booster lasts if the original shot is about eight months or Um, they
0: haven't said but from what i've heard from fauci we'll probably just be doing an annual just like the flu shot it'll probably be an annual shot forever because <laughs> it's it's, it's going to become part of our natural environment. They're not going to be able to eradicate it, like they did polio, because everyone has to take it for it to go away. And we're, I think, like certain parts of Africa, they're only like a two percent vaccination, and some of the poorer countries. Mm-hmm. So we have to vaccinate the earth because we're a global society. You know, someone may get on a plane from Africa, fly into America. You know, we haven't closed our borders. So we vaccinate everyone here. <laughs> Someone flies in from another country, possibly with another variant, like what happened with the Delta variant. Flew in from a different country and then it spreads here. So, you know, we have to vaccinate the earth. And they say that may take years to do that.
1: So your final message on COVID, then we're gonna to move to the feet, <laughs> diabetic. <laughs> Shoes and things
0: that are available. Well, I just think that you know, read, go to the CDC site. You know, go to legitimate sites. Stay off social media. You know, that is not as we used to call back in the day your dictionary. (laughs) You need to go to the to who makes these drugs, the FDA, the CDC. You need to research for yourself and read, not secondhand knowledge and. A post that they screenshotted it from somewhere and and read for yourself and understand for yourself. I mean, this is something that's not going away. You know, they were talking about the mark of the beast was on the vaccine. I'm like, have you even seen the bottle? I think she told me that. I said, You saw the bottle? <laughs> Did you see the the numbers? <laughs> I mean, but still the mark you know, now you talk about the mark of the beast. Hell, the devil's at Dallas though. <laughs> They're everywhere. There's demons in your church. So, you know, you got to decide, you know, do you want to take a risk of not taking it or take a risk of taking it to live or take that risk of dying?
1: Well, hopefully everyone will make the decision that's best for them and their families and continue to look out for themselves and each
0: other. Hopefully. But, you know, I mean, I I can't beg. I, all I can do is give you the information and, and like it's, it's your choice everything's your choice
1: so what's going on in the world of feet
0: well I did talk earlier about the diabetic shoe program which is now part of we're offering it in the practice so so the major points for the diabetic shoe program you must first be diabetic <laughs> we have patients come and out you all the time diagnose
1: yourself Dr. no <laughs>
0: no you have to be treat be currently being treated by a primary care physician or a nurse practitioner on medication for diabetes because we can order the well we can i can prescribe the shoes and evaluate you for the shoes but if you do not have the diagnosis of diabetes you cannot get the shoes now in some cases you can get orthopedic shoes but that's for more severe deformities. So that's more for people who, who may have like rheumatoid and they have deformed feet where they have severe bunions, severe toes, or you have a deformed foot. Uh, say you're born with a congenital deformity, which means you were born at birth. Like I had a lady recently, she was born with, I think, two toes or three toes. One foot had one toe. And the other foot had no toes. So she qualified for a custom shoe because of her deformities. But if you are not diabetic, you do not qualify for diabetic shoes unless you take diabetic medication or you're being treated for diabetes. And your primary care physician has to document and sign paperwork saying you're diabetic. Another important thing is make sure you give the podiatrist your current and active doctor's name. I, we've had a couple charts come back, where well requests come back where the patient's telling us they go to this doctor, but they've switched. So make sure you let the, if you want diabetic shoes, you let the medical assistants know where I'm going. So if you're going to like Five Rivers or Casano's or any of the other clinics that may change physicians. Make sure you let them know your home base, which clinic you go to, and which doctor you go to. Because that's very important. That will hold up the time that you it takes to get your shoes. So on average, it's four to six weeks, or it could be shorter depending on how fast we get your paperwork. Because if we order the shoes, it usually takes two to three days to get the shoes in. You have to come back in, be fitted with the shoes. And then they're dispensed, and then you get another pair of shoes a year later, not a year. Like, say you get it in June, you can get it in January. No, it would be a year-to-year, 365 days later. Exactly. Or over. Or over. But it can't be under, because they won't pay for them. So, what's the benefit of wearing Divex shoes? They're wider, deeper. They have no seams on the inside of the shoes. The sole is thicker. So if you was to step on a nail attack, it wouldn't pierce the skin. So that's why I always tell patients to wear house shoes or sandals in in their house. I actually sell sandals and flip flops for $20 that have orthotics built in them. And they're real comfortable. My staff loves them, patients. And they're really nice because they have orthotics built into them. So it gives you some support and you can put around and be safe and your feet won't hurt.
1: <laughs> what are some of the foods, can we talk about that a little bit, Dr. Richmond, that uh, diabetics should eat? And what are some of the foods that diabetics should stay away from, and this would be helpful, of course, for
0: those that are on the
1: borderline or just not eating as healthy as they would like to.
0: I always tell patients to cut out everything white in your diet and switch it to brown. So that's anything made with flour. So you wanna to go to whole wheat, everything, whole wheat, rice, pasta, bread. Then you wanted to, like I tell people, start trying sweet potatoes over white potatoes. I can, you can cook sweet potatoes the same way you cook white potatoes, and they taste good because you get that sweet, salty taste, and it's it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like
1: you
0: got some recipes. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so I put a little slap your mama on it mm-hmm. and a little onion, garlic, bell pepper. But it tastes good because you get a sweet, salty taste. And the sweet potatoes don't raise your sugar as fast as white potatoes. So it doesn't raise your sugar. So then when you eat, you always want to have your protein, your vegetable. Your carbohydrate should be your smallest thing on your plate. So you, so say you have baked chicken, and then you'll have some greens. And then if you wanted some mashed potatoes, it'd be a smaller serving. Because you have to remember... Potatoes, rice, pasta turn straight to sugar and they break down quick. So they raise your sugar up quickly. So you want to eat more of your proteins and your vegetables because they don't raise your sugar. So when you look at your plate, you want more meat, more vegetables, and less carbs. And then you can't cluster your carbs. So you can't, say, have some cornbread, some mashed potatoes, then macaroni and cheese. One carb. And then maybe if you want those, you split it up between your other meals. And then as far as sweets, pretty much everything, because I'm diabetic, we can eat. We can get it sugar-free. So if you're like now, we're in the summer months. If you go to the big box grocery store, they have a whole section of everything sugar-free. Sugar-free chocolate, sugar-free ice cream. I mean everything you can get is sugar free, and if you go on the candy aisle, you can get any sugar free chocolate you want. But it is something you have to conscientious, conscientiously do. Like when you look at drinks, you have to look at the carbs and see is it zero carbs? Because last time they'll say low sugar, but it's still sugar. Mm-hmm. And you, and as diabetics, the only time we get sugar is when we're low. So if you ain't on insulin, you really don't get to drink things with sugar <laughs> unless. Your sugar is dropping because lots of patients will, like, I want some orange juice. but well, you can't have it unless your sugar is dropping. Then you can have all the orange juice you want. <laughs> so if you're not better you, that's
1: one of the juices you should stay away from. Well, you
0: job. should stay away from all juices because all juice has sugar. So you should be drinking more of the sugar-free teas, the flavored waters that are sugar-free, even Diet Coke. If dry, I'd rather you have Diet Coke than Coke because Coke, uh, if you look on the back of that and see how many... Car- carbohydrates, grams of sugars in and a coke. A lot of soft drinks. Oh, all soft drinks, if they're not sugar free, are full of sugar. Mm-hmm. But like I tell diabetics, that's when you drink that is when your sugars dropping because you need to get it up. But that's not something you need to drink every day. And I actually had a friend of the family, and I told him years ago he was drinking two or three two liters of coke a day. Wow. Now he's in the nursing home with a stroke and can't talk. And I told him that years ago, you got to start drinking all that Coke. I mean, he was chugging, you know, two and three, two and three, two liters a day. You cannot drink that much sugar being a diabetic. And it's just something you conscientiously have to do. I actually have cookbooks in my office. I ha- Actually, I just found a cookbook for while you're here. And live and not go blind, not go on dialysis, have a heart attack, stroke, or get your legs cut off.
1: So we talked about the food, Dr. Richmond. What about the, the drinks? We, we had talked a little bit about juices, but what should be the go-to drink for most of us? We know, obviously, water. But when you're diabetic, what should be the juices you should, or drinks you should stay away from? It
0: Anything Please. with sugar. <laughs> so you got to learn how to read labels. And the easiest one is you're looking at the sugar content. So you want to see zero because we don't need sugar. As a diabetic, our problem is sugar. We don't process sugar well, so our sugars stay high. Therefore, you don't need to drink sugar. Unless you're an insulin, you're on insulin and your sugar's dropping, then you can drink as much as you want. Because it's always better to be sweet than sour. Because you can live at 1,000, but you'll die at 30. Go into a coma. Probably won't wake up. But unless your sugar is low, no. No. You can't have any juice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So unless your sugar is low, no juice. No. I think they got that. Yeah, so low is like seventy and below. Low ain't two hundred. Low ain't one fifty. Low is seventy and below. (laughs) Because what happens to diabetics is our our hypothalamus, which is part of the brain that controls our body, if you consistently run into 200s, 300s and say you take insulin and drop to like 150, your body responds like your sugar is dropping but it's not because your body's used to being high so you still need to check your sugar and see because you just have to kind of go through that feeling and then you have to get back to your normal Mm -hmm. but yeah, but just because you don't feel good, don't run out and just chug (laughs) some orange juice Stick your finger, or most now people we have all these devices, our mobile devices we wear on us twenty four seven. You know you can check your sugar now with your phone. I mean, it's it's technology is something now.
1: It is unique, uh, the new developments of the phones and what all that you can do with it. It is pretty amazing. So in your office, Dr. Richmond, you have some things that people can take advantage of with the foot spa. Can you tell us about that?
0: So, yeah, so we have a foot spa. It is diabetic friendly. It is not covered by insurance. It's $20 a service. If you are a patient, on your birthday, you can get one half off. That's your birthday month. (laughs) birthday month (laughs) not six months after your birthday your birthday month we do have a three for 30 special we can buy three up front for 30 and we are also on groupon so the foot spa consists of you're in a private room with music lights and a massage chair and it's done by a medical assistant you get scrubbed with a pumice stone pumice stone scrub lotion massage misted with uh, essential oils and then most patients do that in conjunction with a visit or me with or the other podiatrist. And we'll come in after that and do your nails and calluses or just see you for a regular visit. So if you wanted to do the foot spa, I would at least give yourself an hour to two hour time, especially with the travel times and everything. Yeah, so if you, especially if you're coming and you're traveling and you're coming by travel, always give yourself, I would say a two hour window because we're going into a super busy season. People are coming back that haven't seen me since 2019, 2020. And then we're constantly getting new patients. And then sometimes there's emergencies. So always give yourself at least a two hour window, no matter what, because you just, I don't know what may happen. I may have a patient walk in with gangrene. I got to get them admitted to the hospital. So you never know, in my practice, how fast or how don't, don't, because I had a patient, I think I told you this story years ago.
1: That booked a flight.
0: Yeah, booked a flight. <laughs> and he was a new patient. Mm-hmm. I think his appointment was like for 10 and his flight was like 11 or 12. <laughs> and When I walked in, I told him, oh, you must have well just gone to the airport because I get myself two hours on flights. And he was mad. I'm like, how you thought you were going to get in and see me before you took off for a flight?
1: <laughs> Maybe he's on Dr. Richmond. I don't know. He can get to you is <laughs> Well,
0: this this is not Burger King. <laughs> you can't have it your way. <laughs> Plus, we're thorough. I mean, a lot of people don't understand. I'm a foot doctor, but the foot is attached to the body, so I need all your history because because a lot of patients don't understand when they tell me they swell. I always ask a question: What's wrong with your kidney, heart, or liver? Well, they're like, Well, I'm in heart failure. Well, that's why you smell. Now, when you say they swell, is that their feet? Their, their feet legs, are swell. Everything's okay. swelling. And I'm like, Well, what's wrong with you? Is it your heart, your kidney, or your liver? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm on dialysis. Well, that's why you're swelling. Oh, well, I'm in heart failure. That's why you swell. Oh, I'm in liver failure. That's why you're swelling. So I need to know your history so I can understand where how I can treat you, because if you're in heart failure, I can't necessarily put you in compression stockings, because I'm gonna push all that fluid up to your heart, which is in failure, it can't pump it out. Mm. So it changes my treatment plan. So that's why we're so thorough, because I need to know how your kidneys are functioning, how your liver's functioning, because if you ask me for a medication, I need to know if you're in kidney failure, because a lot of the medications I write are cleared by your kidneys. So then I need to tell you, well, you need to talk to your nephrologist. They got to renally adjust your meds because if I give you too much of this drug, it could kill you because you could go toxic because you your kidneys don't work. So that's why it's not a quick appointment because I have to know all this. So the staff has to work you up and then you may need x-rays or you may need a ABI, a blood flow study. You know, so it's all kind of things. It's not a one-and-done kind of visit. (laughs) We're very thorough. Let's talk a
1: little bit about your hours and if there are those that are going to be new patients, what's that process like?
0: So our hours are about 8.30 to 5. uh, New process for new patients. Number one, bring your ID. Let me say that one more again. (laughs) (laughs) One more again. again. Bring your ID. I don't care if it's expired. We have to have some proof of identification. Bus pass, library pass, something with a picture ID. And the reason we have to have that is because of insurance fraud. Because people still steal other people's insurance and if we're ever audited by the insurance company and we do not have a picture ID on file, they can ask for all their money back. So you first thing you have to have is your ID. Second thing is your insurance card. If you do not have a insurance card yet, please call your insurance company and get your ID number. Otherwise, you it may take you an extra hour just to get to the back because we have to call before you are seen and verify your insurance. You will not be seen if you do not have your ID and sometimes not if you do not have your insurance cards. We can look it up, but we have to have your ID. That's the number one thing because we have to be able to verify you. And then if you can bring a list of your medications, when you check in, we give you a tablet and you have to, you can mark off medications that you're no longer taking or taking. Give yourself at least a two hour window. If you are a new patient, at least a two hour window. Do not schedule yourself at nine o'clock and then at 10 o'clock, you're like, I got another appointment because you may or may not make it. So at least give yourself two hours. But the number one thing, bring your ID, an insurance card, because that will take the Some longest. Some kind of photo ID. Some kind of photo ID. Even if you are 102, I need an ID. Even if it's inspired, yellow, crusty, <laughs> we need that ID to prove your identity.
1: Gotcha. And
0: uh, your website, phone number? Richfeet.org. If you are an existing patient, you can schedule yourself online. You go to request an appointment tab, and you can see all the open slots. If you are a new patient, you must call in because we have to give you enough time to be seen because we've had new patients schedule themselves as follow-ups at 4 (laughs) o'clock. Sometimes you're seen, sometimes you're not. Depends on if I have somewhere to go or, you know. But we, our last new patient of the day, most days, is 3 o'clock. Phone number is 937-228-3668. We do have a new software that attaches to the website. Clara, if you go on the site, you can text. And you'll get uh, a response back through text through the website. And email richfeet one the number one at gmail.com.
1: And what's the best form of communication for you? You prefer email, you prefer calling the office. Email.
0: Email or you can text through the website. It's now a little box. You can if you go to richfeet.org, you can text directly through that box and it comes to us through email. And then we can respond back and you'll get a text. Okay.
1: Dr. Richmond, it seems every month we go through this and it goes so extremely fast. We know that it's an hour, but we want to remind the, the listeners that you will be back on the fourth Saturday of the month. And in these days and, and weeks seem to go by so fast. But you'll be back with us on Saturday, uh, September the 25th. That is the last Saturday, the fourth Saturday of the month, and we'll talk more and have any new developments and update what's new with COVID-19 and the vaccines and even the booster by then.
0: <laughs> yeah, the booster will be out by then.
1: Awesome. And is that something, by the way, that you're going to be offering at your office?
0: It'll probably be offered on the medical side. They, I'm pretty sure they'll be offering it. Okay. But most... I think most urgent cares, ERs, oh, I would to go to ER, probably more urgent care, primary care and pharmacies will probably be offering it. But I know the urgent care on Main Street, uh, Salem, next to the old Burlington will be offering it, and the urgent care at St. Elizabeth will be offering it, as well as most of your primary care doctors should okay. be offering it.
1: Awesome, Dr. Richmond, we appreciate you. We thank you for joining us each and every fourth Saturday of the month. And uh, before we leave, I want to give you the opportunity to give us some closing
0: comments. Take care of your feet. You only have two. And if you don't get the needle, you may have to get other needles. So think about it. (laughs) Be safe. And if you talk to strangers, wear a mask. Wear a mask. Thank you, Dr. Richmond.
1: I appreciate you so much.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show with Dr. Richmond,
1: sponsored by the Richmond Foot and Ankle Clinic. The clinic is located at 1323 West 3rd Street in
0: Dayton, Ohio. Zip code 45402. To book an appointment, call 937 228 3668, or you can learn more at richfeet.org.